This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The X-Zone TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Unwilling to be the government's deadly assassin, gifted psychic Kahara Mitchell went AWOL and ended up buried under rubble in the wake of a great tsunami. She regained consciousness far from Earth on the medical ship of a Dagaronian intergalactic fleet. Has she been rescued or abducted by aliens? The Chalice of Carrie, Kahira O'Donnell's latest paranormal science fiction romance, is the passionate story of an Earth woman and her destined mates, twin kings from another galaxy. Kahara uses her gifts fighting alongside Lords Rom and Ra in a war that will determine the destiny of galaxies. The Chalice of Kari by Kahira O'Donnell is now available at kahiraodonnell.com or at amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035. Email exone at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And our main website, where you can listen to the Exxon, 724 www.exxonradiotv.com. You know, Exxon, it's a very rare day when I actually sit down in front of the boob tube and decide to just take a, an hour or two away from the 
Exxon TV show, away from the Exxon radio show, away from Melmar, and just kind of veg out. I did this last week. And we have a new TV service up here called Crave TV. And uh, I went out to Crave TV and I saw documentaries. I clicked on that. And they had some pretty cool stuff. But one jumped out at me. And as you know, as a former cop myself, the, the assassination of JFK has always been of interest to me. Always. So there was a, a, um, a film entitled JFK the Smoking Gun. Well, I figured, hey, what a, be- what a better way to, to spend some quality time than watching a film on JFK and the assassination. What I thought was going to be a one-time view, as are most of the shows I watch, I've watched this film ten times. Every time I watch it, I learn something new. There was no way I could pass up the opportunity of bringing the people who were involved in this fantastic film onto the show so you, the members of the Exo Nation, can hear for yourself their findings. One of the one of the people, main figures within this film, is our guest this hour. His name is Bonner Menninger, and he is the author of the book that broke this story based on Howard Donahue. Now Howard Donahue is a ballistic forensic expert. He's a gunsmith, sharpshooter. In fact, he actually was able to show on a CBS special that Lee Harvey Oswald could have actually got off three rounds in less than six seconds. I was amazed at this, this, uh, the findings in this film. And I was further amazed to find out that this book that the author wrote entitled Mortal Air didn't fly off the uh, bookshelves. What's wrong with this story? So then the research department did some work, and we found out that, in our opinion, this story did not get the media exposure it deserved. We put a a call out to uh, Bonnard today, as well as we did to... Um, Colin uh, Lauren, who is the McLaren, I should say, who was the Australian police detective who worked on this case and who brought everything together. Unfortunately, he didn't get back to us as of yet, but Bonner did. And I must tell you, Exonation, what you are about to hear is fact. It is not fiction. And as you know, We say on this show, fact is stranger than fiction. Over the next 45 minutes, you will hear what I believe, based on the evidence that was brought to on this film, the credibility of the the main character, Howard Donahue, the credibility of Colin McLaren, and the credibility of our guest this hour, Bonner, Menninger, that what you are about to hear will blow your socks off, but it is the truth. Now, I've taken a little bit more time than I thought I would bringing in our guest. 
But I had to let you know, the XO Nation, where exactly I stand on this. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with my very special guest this hour, Bonner Menninger. The book is available on Amazon.com. And for all you conspiracy theorists, boy, are you in for a shock. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. This is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates worldwide. When I come back on the other side of this break, Bonner Menninger is my very special guest. We are going to blow the socks off the world, the Exo Nation. And I hope, I really hope, that we are going to get a lot of people asking a lot of serious questions based on the next 45 minutes here in the Exo. Don't go away. I'll be right back. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com.
Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com, is a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. a great deal of thought, Grandpa. <laughs> and afterwards... Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. These details about the same as previously. President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh no, the motorcade sped on. United Press says that the wounds for President Kennedy perhaps could be fatal. Repeating a bulletin from CBS News, President Kennedy has been shot by a would-be assassin in Dallas, Texas. Stay tuned to CBS News for further details. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to go back in time. We're going to get into Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine. And we're going to go back to November the 22nd, 1963. I don't think there is anyone listening around the world who does not remember what they were doing, if they were born at that time, what they were doing when they learned the news that President John F. Kennedy had been assassinated in Dallas, Texas. A lot of controversy, a lot of conspiracy theories, but the truth is out there. Joining me this hour, Exxon Nation, is a very special guest here on the Exxon. His name is Bonner Menninger. Now, he is the author of a book entitled Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's a 1992 nonfiction book outlining a theory by sharpshooter, gunsmith, and ballistics expert Howard Donahue that a Secret Service agent accidentally fired the shot that actually killed President Kennedy. Now, Mortal Error is available still today on Amazon.com. It's in hardback, paperback, and audiobook. Joining me now from his home in, I believe he's in Kansas, is Bonner Menninger. And Bonner, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, and it's a great pleasure and honor talking to you, sir. Well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate being here. Thanks for having me. Bonner, what was your your connection, your interest in the Kennedy assassination? Well, uh, you know, like, like so many people, I remember it, as you said. In fact, listening to Walter Cronkite, mm-hmm. that was still... So- very spooky to hear that, that news bulletin, but I was uh, I was six years old growing up in Topeka, Kansas, and uh, mm-hmm. happened to be home from school that day, so I watched it all unfold, and 
you know, it cast a long shadow over my life. And so fast forward to the late 1980s, I was a reporter in Washington, D.C., and just by circumstance, happenstance, uh, stumbled into this story uh, about this work that an individual had done investigating the assassination. And naturally, I was intrigued, and I, uh, I checked it out, and uh, he seemed legit, and I, I kept digging and, and ultimately ended up writing a book about his experience. What was it like when you had the opportunity of meeting with Howard Donahue? And tell us a little bit about Howard. Yeah, Howard Donahue was a, uh, a firearms examiner. He provided uh, expert witness testimony in court cases, in shooting cases, in terms of de- trying to determine what had actually happened. Uh, he was also an expert marksman, and he ran a gunsmith, so he had kind of a triumvirate of skills and. And he brought all those to bear on his investigation into the assassination, which also was uh, sort of initiated by chance. He was recruited because of his marksmanship to participate in the uh, 1967 CBS reenactment of the Mm -hmm. shooting to determine if Oswald could have gotten three rounds on target, two rounds on target in, uh, in under six seconds. And in fact, of the eight or ten riflemen that they had at this uh, shooting range up in Maryland, 60 feet up, moving uh, target below. Donahue was the only one to put three rounds on the target uh, in the allotted period of time. So he was, um, based on that experience, he was recruited by True Magazine. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, sure, yeah. I used to, used to read it all the time. Yeah, it was, it was uh, quite a publication yeah. in the 60s. But he was recruited to write an article about the uh, assassination essentially backing up the Warren Commission's findings. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I'm happy to do that. I, I certainly believe that Oswald acted alone, and I'm, you know, I just want to do a little bit of research. And uh, and anyway, that's, that's how his investigation began in 1967. But just to back up about Howard Donahue, he was... Um, he was quite an individual uh, outside of his marksmanship and his firearms expertise. He was a B-17 pilot in, uh, in World War II. He flew 35 missions over Germany and uh, survived, uh, but he won several medals for heroism and uh, pretty remarkable for a young man of 23 years old. So anyway, Howard... I connected with him uh, through a, a private investigator who had told me about Howard's theory, and and I, I just began asking questions, and um, it seemed like every time I thought I had him stumped, you know, he had an explanation or some evidence that uh, that showed that what he was suggesting was was not only logical but but plausible. So. Here you are sitting with a gentleman who's come up based on forensic findings and mathematics and science that there were, in fact, more than one shooter involved in the assassination of President Kennedy. Yeah, it was, it was intense. I, I mean, my initial response was, you know, I, I was like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I assumed coming out of the 60s and 70s that there, there was a conspiracy of some sort, and um, this was kind of the antithesis of that, and this was uh, not a conspiracy, except a conspiracy of silence after the fact to, to hide this, this terrible uh, tragedy. 
So to some extent, I think that's why the book never got the traction that, that maybe it deserved because people were, uh, you know, it's almost anticlimactic to say that after all this, it was actually just a, a tragic accident. And that's, uh, you know, some people have their minds made up and they're just not willing to accept that uh, something so simple and so, mm-hmm. so horrible could occur. Over the years doing this show and over 3,800 guests, I've heard many, many, many theories on the conspiracy. I've heard the mob conspiracy. I've heard the Russian conspiracy, the ice bullet theory, um, uh, the Cuban connection, and, and so on and so forth. I've had a chance to glance through the Warren Commission. I've read a number of books on the JFK assassination. Sensationalism is one thing, and this is what conspiracy theorists base their belief on, is, is, is total fiction and sensationalism, when here, based on scientific evidence, based on forensic science, you have a clear answer. And why... People have not rushed to their bookstore, rushed onto Amazon.com to buy this book and to finally put this man's soul to rest. It's beyond me. It is totally beyond me. Yes, it seems ironic. But again, I think, uh, you know, so many people are invested in the idea that it was a conspiracy. It's hard to let go of those beliefs if you've held held them for a long time. Until I began to understand Mm -hmm. what weapons actually do and how they perform uh, and, and what they're designed to do, uh, you know, I I was in that camp. I mean, I assumed there was a shooter on the grassy knoll and, and perhaps elsewhere, but uh, once you understand that, you know, bullets make entrance wounds and they make exit wounds, and the exit wounds are uh, invariably quite a bit bigger than the entrance sure. wounds, um, when you start to, to think about that think of it in those terms, it quickly becomes clear that, you know, the only way that that wound could have been caused by a shot from the grassy knoll, I'm talking about the wound to his head, that mm-hmm. enormous gaping wound, is if somebody was eight feet away with a 12-gauge shotgun, you know, there's there's no bullet that's going to blow up his head in the front that's coming from that direction. On the other hand, you have a high-velocity, uh, frangible bullet that enters from the rear, a bullet that's specifically designed to fragment for maximum lethal effect, and then it blows out the whole front of the skull. That's physics. That's feasible. Mm-hmm. So Don, what, what Donahue did was bring it down to uh, the science and the, the, uh, the ballistics and the physiology and, you know, as far as a, a conspiracy goes, I, I don't think either one of us put a lot of stock in that. But at the same time, as far as who Oswald may have been connected with or what he may have been up to, ultimately, we were agnostic about it. We were focused specifically and solely on the evidence of the, uh, from the scene of the crime and didn't concern ourselves with uh, the time Oswald spent mm-hmm. in Russia or in Japan uh, you know, and his possible CIA connections. So was he involved with someone else? 
Perhaps, but that doesn't change my interpretation, my understanding of the fatal shot that struck Kennedy in the head. That's ultimately what we were looking at. And, you know, not only did Howard, was he able to, uh, to determine that that bullet was fired accidentally by a Secret Service agent in the follow-up car riding right behind the, the presidential limousine, um, he also had some interesting conclusions about about the shots that Oswald fired. Howard had a, a, a brilliant mind, and he could take all these fragmented pieces, all this disparate information, and put it together and interpret it in a new way that nobody had really tried to do or was capable of doing before. And suddenly it was like, you know, you know like a lock that all the tumblers fall in place and right. boom, the thing up, opens up. That's how his mind worked. And so his not just the headshot, but, but the shots that preceded it. You know, I think he was uh, extremely, uh, his contribution was significant in those areas as well. All right, Bonner, please stand by. We have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, the name of the book is Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com. The author is my guest this hour, Bonner Menninger, and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Exxon Nation, do me a favor. After the show tonight, go to your TV on demand or do a search for JFK, the smoking gun. You will not regret it. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon TV show, coming soon to screens of all sizes. On the Exxon TV show, we'll investigate UFOs, ghosts, alien abductions, demonic possession, psychic phenomenon, angels, lake monsters, Bigfoot, unsolved mysteries, and all subject matter from within the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much, much more. The Exxon TV Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, www.xzonetv.com. It's a Relmar McConnell Media Company and Airplay Media Production. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D O W S E R S.com or call 1 877 Dowsing. That's 1 877 369 7464.
With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Gave it a great deal of thought, Grandpa. <laughs> and afterwards... I... Here is a bulletin from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. More details just arrived. These details about the same as previously. President Kennedy shot today just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. Mrs. Kennedy jumped up and grabbed Mr. Kennedy. She called, oh no, the motorcade sped on. United Press says the, airport in the Dallas, wounds for uh, President the, uh, Kennedy. And throughout the streets of Dallas, the Dallas police had been augmented by some 400 uh, policemen called in on their day off because there were some fears and concerns in Dallas uh, that uh, that there might be demonstrations, at least, that could embarrass the president. Because it was only on October the 24th that our ambassador to the United Nations, Adley Stevenson, uh, was assaulted in Dallas, uh, leaving a dinner meeting there. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Welcome back, everyone. My guest this hour is Bonner Menninger. He is the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com. And uh, Bonner, thanks very much for uh, being with us today. Uh, we were talking before the break about uh, Howard Donahue. Let me ask you this question. What did Howard Donahue believe happened in Dallas, Texas? Okay, based on 
his 20-year investigation mm -hmm. from 67 uh, right up through the 80s, this was the sequence of events that, that he thought unfolded. Oswald <clears throat> fired from the sixth floor with his Manlicher Carcano. Um, the sight was off. The bullet missed the limousine, struck the right rear, uh, to the right and rear of the limousine on the pavement. Uh, multiple witnesses reported a ricochet or some sort of flash in the concrete with mm -hmm. that first shot in that area. Kennedy himself, according to Winston Lawson, who was the Secret Service agent riding in the passenger seat, exclaimed after this first shot, according to the agent, Kennedy exclaimed, my God, I'm hit. Uh, Donahue was able to identify on the x-rays a uh, tiny fragment of lead on the exterior of the scalp that could have only come from a ricochet. So he believed that that first shot missed because the sight was off or because perhaps the bullet struck a branch of the tree that was there. The bullet ricochets, catches Kennedy in the back of the head. There was also a couple of very small uh, wounds on his face. He exclaims, my God, I'm hit. So Oswald chambers another round and goes to the iron sights beneath the scope mm -hmm. and fires again. And this uh, was the magic, so-called magic bullet. Uh, this bullet penetrated Kennedy's back through his neck, struck Conley as he was turning, got him in the side, went through, and ultimately ended up in his thigh. Um, <clears throat> you know, that bullet, the bullet, you have to understand that the bullets that Oswald were shot, uh, was, were firing were 6.5 millimeter Malachar Carcano military round, full metal jacket designed to penetrate, designed to uh, go through houses, designed to strike a soldier and take him out of the battle, but not necessarily uh, cause a devastating wound. So, yes, that bullet uh, might break up, but in the case of the so-called magic bullet, it's completely consistent that it would go through two people and retain its integrity. So that's the second shot. So the third shot, according to Donahue, uh, was fired by Agent George Hickey. He was in the left rear seat, standing on the left rear seat of the uh, Secret Service follow-up car immediately behind the president, uh, about 20 feet away. Uh, he picked up the AR-15 that was on the floor of the car, uh, began to turn to return fire from Oswald's location, lost his balance, the weapon accidentally discharged. Now, the, the three primary pieces of evidence that Donahue identified that supports that scenario are as follows. The trajectory of the bullet. If the shot that hit Kennedy in the head had been fired by Oswald, it would have been coming from right to left and down at about a 16 degree angle. Now, based on the position of Kennedy's head, that would have, the entrance wound was right around his calic, just to the right of his calic. So given that, and given the position of his head, that would have meant that the bullet exited his face somewhere, his left, left cheek, maybe his eye, his nose, somewhere in there. But in fact, it didn't exit there, it exited the upper right portion of his skull. So just do it, just try it yourself. Just, you know, there's an entrance wound at your calic and the right 
upper right side of your skull blows out, mm-hmm. that necessarily dictates a trajectory not from right to left, but from left to right, and on a much shallower plane, about seven degrees. So that's that's number one. The trajectory of the bullet was consistent with a shooter from behind and the left. Okay, the second thing, and perhaps the most important thing, was the uh, characteristics of the bullet that hit Kennedy in the head. Unlike the Carcano bullet, which is, as I said, a full metal jacket bullet designed specifically not to fragment, the bullet that hit Kennedy in the head ruptured and uh, into more than 40 very minute lead fragments and called, caused that devastating explosive wound. That is uh, not what a Carcano does, but that is exactly what an AR-15 does. AR-15 is a .223 round. It's basically a, it's the size of a 22, but it has a huge charge of powder and it's so light that when it hits uh, flesh the bullet begins to tumble it's traveling so fast that the lead core is molten inside it and that thin jacket ruptures and it spews that lead so it's just like a uh, tornado effect it just blows through and it causes these devastating wounds and you know it was ostensibly a full metal jacket bullet Mm -hmm. to comply with the uh, uh, you know, the treaties that require military bullets to be full metal jacket, but in, in practice it was like it was a frangible or like a hollow point. That's how it behaved. And that's the kind of wound that Kennedy suffered. There's no explanation for that. all that lead, all these little pieces of lead in, his, in the x-rays, except from a frangible bullet. So that's number two, the trajectory, the fragmentation of the bullet, and finally the entrance wound on Kennedy's skull was six millimeters in diameter. The bullets that Oswald fired were 6.5 millimeters in diameter. You can't push a bullet through a hole that's smaller than its diameter. Conversely, mm-hmm. holes in the skull typically are a little bit bigger than the diameter of the bullet. This was a 6 millimeter hole. The diameter of the 223 round is 5.56 millimeters. So that is the third uh, piece of evidence from a ballistic standpoint that supports this scenario. And then there's just a whole bunch of other uh, circumstantial evidence. You know, multiple people, at least 13 people, saw the agent with the rifle at the time of the fatal shot, just before, just after. Several people saw him fall down. Uh, and this is fascinating to me. And I'd love for someone to, that doesn't buy this theory to explain to me how this could be. At least eight people in the motorcade uh, immediately behind the follow-up car smelled gunpowder yeah. instantly including the mayor of dallas right. and, uh, and right. other members uh, official members of the party and there's even a photograph of george hickey with the ar-15 in it in his hands in the motorcade right and if yeah. i'm not mistaken the director of the u.s secret service at the time told the warren commission that the only weapons that were issued to the U.S. Secret Service agents were 38 caliber uh, revolvers. Right. They did subsequently uh, acknowledge that there was an AR-15 on the vehicle, but curiously said that uh, it was no longer in service with the Secret huh. Service. This is a brand new weapon, an extremely uh, capable weapon. And why they would take it out of service after just uh, one, perhaps two motorcades in protection duty that's uh i don't know you know but it's curious 
You know, after 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 watching uh, JFK: The Smoking Gun and and learning more about you and and your book as well as Howard Donahue, with today's attention on the Secret Service based on their performance over the last two years, I don't understand. And please try and help me here, Bonner. Why no one has pointed to your book and said, listen, if you think that's bad, look at this. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what the explanation is. I can tell you that uh, when this book came out in 1992, uh, it was caught up in the, uh, the prop wash of the uh, Oliver Stone film. Right. And I think a lot of people just assumed out of hand that it was some kind of quick hit, rip-off, exploitative deal. So they dismissed it. And um, so, you know, once once that happened, mm-hmm. and then then subsequently uh, Agent Hickey sued me and sued Donahue, it was uh, eventually dismissed due to statute of limitations. That was the but, first time. Yeah, well, it was, it was all kind of, it was like multiple suits all rolled up into one. They were looking for a venue that uh, that would allow them to, to sue late, but they did not prevail. Uh, now, St. Martin's Press, you know, they, to preclude an appeal, they did provide a settlement to Hickey, uh, the amount of which I do not know. Mm-hmm. But people saw that and said, well, Hickey sued, and they settled, so it's wrong, you know. But my feeling was uh, that the lawsuit, you know, maybe it should have gone forward because we could have uh, at least determined in a court of law, what was fact and what was fiction. Um, but, you know, things played out the way they did. Again, this is not that sexy. It's not, you know, mobsters and it's not rogue CIA agents. It's just entropy. It's uh, it's just random uh, fate. And that's, that's that's just unacceptable for some people. I don't know why, but, but yeah, there it is. I, w- I would say in today's society that the truth must prevail. Like, it's nice to believe in Santa Claus, it's nice to believe in the Easter Bunny, and, and it's nice to believe in the, in the land of Oz. But at the end of the day, reality and the truth prevail. Yeah, there's uh, Neil Young, your great Canadian rocker. Yeah. He's got a line, sooner or later it all gets real. That's right. And, you know, maybe... Maybe sooner or later it will get real as far as the assassination is concerned. I mean, it's been 20 years since this book came out, and no one has substantively uh, challenged it in, in a way that undermines the evidence that Donahue was able to put together. You know, no one has refuted this, uh, and yet it just sits there. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of – I just take the long view. I mean, I, I think – it's on the record, and I think um, sooner or later, uh, I hope, I, I would have hoped by now that someone would, would have uh, been willing to come forward who might know the particulars uh, about what actually transpired, but that has not occurred, you know, and maybe it won't. You must find this very frustrating. How do you deal with the frustration? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. I mean, I, again, I felt like I... Uh, I did my job. Yeah. I got I got Donahue's story down, and I uh, did the best I could. And how people 
react or respond to it, you know, that's beyond my control, so there's no point in uh, losing a lot of energy about, you know, the fact that it that it hasn't been as well read or that, that Donnie hasn't gotten the recognition mm -hmm. he deserved. That's, you know, well, I guess that's unfortunate, but you just roll the dice. You don't know what's going to happen. You just do your best and uh, you move on. And uh, so well, let, I'm let, not let, on. let me ask you this, uh, Donner. Bonner, um, yeah. how how did how did Howard Donahue feel about the way that this substantial historical find was actually dealt with by the media and and by the public? I think he was probably I don't say I won't say bitter, but disappointed. You know, Howard died in uh, this book came out in ninety two, mm -hmm. and uh, Howard died in ninety nine, and uh, I think. You know, to the end of, the, of his days, he was still trying to push it up court and uh, get it in front of people and uh, and let it be known. Uh, so I think it was frustrating for Howard. Uh, you know, me as a writer, I felt like I got it in, a, in between the covers. You know, I, I, I got that part done, and, and it's up to people to read it. You know, I just wasn't going to spend my life being a, uh, you know, just like so totally obsessed with sure. this. It's just another story, you know. I'm a reporter, and it was just another story. We've got about a minute left before I have to go to my final break for this segment, Bonner. But have you received any any criticisms or any any pats on the back from anyone within the U.S. government? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a couple of communications with uh, people in in federal law enforcement who have mm -hmm. been very supportive, uh, not that they have any direct knowledge, but that they essentially said this is entirely consistent with uh, with the kinds of things I've seen in, in federal uh, agencies. And, you know, it's important to talk about the contribution that Colin McLaren made because it was significant. And he All right, why don't we talk about that when we come back from this break? Exonation. Sure. my guest this hour is Bonner Menninger. He's the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com. And the film I urge you to look at, buy it, rent it, whatever you have to do. It's JFK, The Smoking Gun. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. What if someone told you you could live to be 120? Would you believe him? What if he told you the Bible guaranteed it? All you needed to do was follow his rules and buy his products. Would you do it? What if you invested 20 years of your life in him? What if he tested his substances on your child? What if your child became brain damaged as a result? Meet Dr. Tyler Belknap, a fast-talking Texas admin turned health guru. At the helm of a vast health food and supplement empire, he has established himself as the authority on nutrition and longevity. But what his followers don't know is that his products are laced with bizarre psychoactive substances from genetically modified plants developed in his very own secret lab. No wonder his customers can't stop using them. Tyler Belknap will stop at nothing to keep his edge in the market even if it means experimenting on children. Chasing 120, a story of food, faith, fraud, and the pursuit of longevity, a novel from the pen of political cartoonist Monty Wolverton, is an easy and entertaining read full of rich characters and intrigue. 
It hits home in a world filled with all kind of hucksterism and offers a glimpse of what can happen when GMO technology falls into the wrong hands. Chasing 120 by Monty Wolverton. Get your copy today at www.ptm.org forward slash 120 or on Amazon.com. Nita Hickok is an expert in exorcisms, psychic warfare, soul healing, angelology, soul retrieval, demonology, energy healing, long-distance healing, astral healing, and much more. Nita is an interfaith minister because she believes all gods and goddesses are valid and that they are part of one divine force that is incomprehensible to us who are incarnated upon this earth. Nita has been doing astral healing, distant healing, spirit release, exorcism, house cleansing and blessings, soul restoring and revival, psychic vampire removal and curse removal, and much more for over 40 years. For more information or to contact Nita Hickok, visit her website at www.astralhealer.com. That's www.astralhealer.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation, my guest this hour has been Bonner Menninger. He is the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. And we're talking about the JFK assassination on November the 22nd, 1963 in Dallas, Texas. The film JFK, The Smoking Gun, features Colin McLaren, a former Australian undercover investigator, and um, he walks you through the entire film. He walks you through the finding. He ties all the people, the witnesses, the the doctors, what happened in Parkland Memorial Hospital based on records. The entire event and the part I love about JFK, the smoking gun, is they use facts. They use uh, information from the Warren Commission. They use witness testimonies. It's a great film. Once again, it's entitled JFK, The Smoking Gun. Um, Bonner, tell me about Colin McLaren. Well, you know, I think what Colin was able to do, he went through virtually every document relating to not only the Warren Commission, but also the uh, uh, subsequent uh, 
South Select Committee investigation in 77 mm-hmm. and um, Dallas Sheriff's Office uh, witness statements. And uh, he was able to not only find supporting evidence for this scenario at the scene of the crime, additional witnesses smelling gunpowder, additional witnesses seeing uh, the agent with the rifle, but he also really showed very clearly a pattern of uh, intimidation by the Secret Service from the get-go at Parkland Hospital right on through the autopsy uh, in D.C. All the evidence at the autopsy, well, first of all, they they basically ran ran the body out of Dallas against the uh, orders of the uh, the Texas uh, coroner in in Dallas (coughs) illegally at gunpoint. And when they get to uh, D.C., all the evidence, the uh, bullet fragments, the photographs, the tissue slides, uh, everything <clears throat> is confiscated by the Secret Service, and a lot of it never sees the light of day after that. So you got to ask yourself, what was their deal? You know, why were they so intent mm-hmm. on controlling information and evidence relating to this shooting unless there was something that they were uh, concerned about getting out. We've got a couple of minutes left, uh, Bonner. What is the message that you would like to send out to the members of the Exo Nation tonight? Well, just that, uh, you know, look at the evidence and, and really understand it. Don't just assume that because mm-hmm. you saw the Oliver Stone movie, you know how guns and, and bullets behave and, you know, back into the left, back into the left, head to men shoot it from the front. Well, that's not true at all. I mean, that back into the left was due to, in my view, and in, in the view of people that uh, understand, you know, wound ballistics, the propulsion effect of all that brain fluid rocketing forward, driving Kennedy back in the seat. You know, understand what entrance and exit wounds look like. And, and you know, I don't know if there was a conspiracy but I do know that the facts point irrevocably and uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. to this conclusion. And, and, and so I, I guess I would just suggest that people open their minds up a little bit and, and take another look at this thing. Bonner, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to when you come and join us via Skype on the Exxon TV show so we can have yet another conversation on this fascinating topic. Thank you so much for writing your book. Keep up the great work, and we're going to do everything we can to get this message out there. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you tonight. Great interview. Sir, the pleasure has been all mine. Exo Nation, my guest this hour has been Bonner Menninger. He's the author of Mortal Error, The Shot That Killed JFK. It's available on Amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break. And the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away now.